The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. I've had some listeners asking about my progress in my run training, and if you're not interested in hearing this, feel free to skip right through the next couple minutes. I won't be offended, and I won't even know, so there you go. But for those who have asked, the half is coming up early next month. But unfortunately, I will not be participating in that, nor in the marathon I had hoped to do in the spring. I got some pretty unfortunate news from my doctor two weeks ago. I was having some hip trouble, so he sent me for an MRI, thinking it was just some tendinitis. Turns out I have tears in both of my hips. He told me to stop running until I see an orthopedic surgeon. The news from the surgeon was a hard pill to swallow. He said my hips are in pretty bad shape that the arthritis has left them with jagged points and bone spurs that would just rip my hips back up even if he did fix the tears. He said I will need my hips replaced at some point. But he did say it was fine to keep running since I'm really not experiencing any pain. It really is just annoying at this point. But once it gets painful, then it could come back in for cortisone shots and eventually double hip replacement once it gets too painful to tolerate. The other option is I could preserve my hips as long as possible and just stop running. This way, he thinks I can get close to 10 years out of them. What a choice. I had been preparing myself for the news that I might have to stop running, so it wasn't a total surprise blow, but the final word is always hard when it's not the news you want. I had started considering changing sports to swimming anyway when I got the original news, and I told the surgeon that that's what I was considering, and he said he thought that was a very good idea. So I just bought all of my equipment and I had one practice with the team so far. I'll be setting some goals as I get more into it, and actually I'm liking it more than I thought. I used to swim when I did triathlons but never really took to it. I did it just enough to get through the swim portion of the races. But I don't like being cold and all the pools in Southern California are outside and here we are, heading into the winter. Ugh. But honestly, I never really got any good at it either, so that's part of the reason I probably didn't like it. I hated running when I first started too because I couldn't do that either. So I figure that if I really commit and once I get better, I'll learn to leg swimming too. So anyway, enough about that. So I know originally I had planned to cover honesty and respect in today's podcast episode, but I literally got three questions just this week on sibling rivalry and supporting sibling relationships. So I really wanted to take the opportunity to answer these questions today. 
I'll give some quick background information on sibling rivalry and fighting, which I also covered way back in the previous episode, but it's really good information that helps in understanding these relationships. But in the previous episode, number five, I did go into some more details and answered a couple of different questions on sibling rivalry. So after this episode, if you're looking for more information, that's a good episode to go back and listen to. So first, a couple of definitions, which these are the things I covered in that previous episode. But these are important to understand the difference between fighting and rivalry. Fighting is over things or experiences. She always gets the good seat. Why can't I go to the birthday party? He got more than me. That's fighting. While rivalry is over parental attention and or affection. Once you understand this, you can clearly see the difference and recognize which camp the struggle is falling into so you can handle it for what it is. Assume rivalry exists. This way you aren't caught off guard and handling it the same as you would a fight. So the first question is from Amanda in Pasadena. She has three kids, ages two, five, and seven. She says, my five-year-old struggles with using good manners at the table, staying in his seat, using his utensils properly, and using an appropriate volume level at the table. Our other two are relatively well-behaved at mealtimes. Even the two-year-old does a better job at this. I've tried praising the older one for good manners, using the positive reinforcement, and therefore sending the message to the other that this is the behavior we like and expect at mealtimes, but it seems to backfire and just make him act out more. Why isn't this working, and what should we do instead? This is a great question, Amanda, because positive discipline talks a lot about focusing on the positive, including positive reinforcement. This tool that you're using is one that is used a lot by teachers in the classroom to help teach kids who are struggling to sit still or work quietly or anything else about what is expected and that good behavior gets attention. It helps them learn what to do rather than what not to do. It's a great tool for the classroom. But unfortunately, it doesn't work the same way at home. The reason is the dynamic between teacher, student, and fellow students is vastly different than the dynamic between parent, child, and siblings. These relationships are much more intimate and much more at risk for tipping the balance. At home, it comes across as a comparison. It doesn't mean it isn't okay to give positive feedback when it's done genuinely, but that when it's done to one child in hopes of getting another one to behave, or when the other is misbehaving, it builds sibling rivalry on the part of the one who is misbehaving. And so the results are usually exactly what you've been seeing. The one who isn't following expectations will act up more to get attention because now he's feeling slighted. It also can make the one who is behaving feel uncomfortable as well. So what you'll want to do instead is to focus the positive feedback on the one who's usually struggling. If he uses his napkin, stays at the table for longer than a minute, or uses his inside voice to share about his day, let him know that you notice. You can even give feedback to everyone. If everyone is behaving well, you can say something like, everyone is using such nice manners at the table, or everyone is sharing with their inside voices. This is so pleasant. So focusing your positive feedback on the one who normally struggles when he is behaving will turn this thing around. Really spend some time this week observing him at the dinner table and catch him being good as much as you can without going overboard. And this should start to turn him around pretty quickly. Then remember to keep doing it every so often once he does get things turned around. 
just to keep things going in that positive direction. I know I'm guilty of forgetting or putting my attention elsewhere as soon as we get things turned around and then things start to slip back. So just remember to also keep this up once things do get fixed. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, by Heart created a clinically proven, easy-to-digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey to casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. BiHeart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about BiHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The second question is from Mia in Trenton. My oldest son, nine, says he hates his sister and wishes she was never born. We are a very close family, and this breaks my heart to hear him talk this way. I don't think he really hates her. They play together a lot. But when I ask him why he says these things, he says it's just because he feels he would get more attention and would get to always choose what he wants to do rather than having to share with her. I don't want him to grow up entitled, and I don't know where this idea comes from, that he should get to have everything. So Mia, given my description, this obviously falls into the sibling rivalry camp. And I'm glad you're asking him about why he's saying these things. It shows that he's allowed to have his feelings, and this is good. It's also a great sign that they do play well together quite a bit. But like you, I don't like the word hate. It's a very strong word. And I think you're absolutely right that he doesn't hate her. So keep letting him have his feelings and asking about them when his sister isn't around, of course. But coach him about the use of the word hate, about how it's a very strong word and it's not something we should ever use with family. Help him find some different words like jealous, hurt, or frustrated, because it sounds like he's also just lacking in a vocabulary for his feelings. Teach him how to use these feelings using these more appropriate and accurate terms. Expressions of anger are actually feelings of hurt turned outward, so it helps to understand that when he's expressing these feelings. And in addition to setting boundaries around not using the word hate and coaching these other more accurate terms for his feelings, you can also work on ways to strengthen their relationship. And since my next question is about that exact topic, I'm going to read and answer the next question and give some great tips on ways you can help foster that positive relationship between these two kids. So the third question comes from Emily in Hong Kong. My only son, the eldest, six years old, strongly favors our youngest daughter. 
there's a three-year age difference, and is often cruel or at the very least ignores his other sister. What are some ways to help foster their relationship? They have a week-long school holiday coming up while the littlest is still in her morning preschool, and I was hoping to plan some good team-building bonding activities for the two big kids to start to foster a positive relationship with each other. Any ideas? Emily, yes, I do have some ideas. So this also sounds like a sibling rivalry issue. It may stem from the closeness in age and feelings of sharing attention. But with a sister with a bigger age difference, he may not be feeling that because he gets to have that different role of big brother. I love that you want to find some things to help them connect and you are on the exact right track with this. I also want to share that we have a very similar dynamic in our house with our oldest and his sister. He tends to favor his brother over his sister, even though his siblings are the same age. But for us, it comes from a couple of places. First is that he is another boy and they just tend to like to do a lot of the same things. Then Taylor will ask for a sister and we just have to laugh. The other reason is that even though Taylor and Carter don't like to play a lot of the same things, they are very much alike. They are both intense and competitive, so they tend to get on each other's nerves very easily. So we have to do some work and maintenance in this same area with these two. Now Chandler, Taylor's twin brother, is easygoing and plays with big brother or his twin sister, Taylor, and seems to be able to play with either one easily. And also because he's just generally easygoing, he gets along with both of them pretty well. So there's a whole host of do's and don'ts, and I'll cover several of each of these to make sure I'm sharing some great do's, but also covering some don'ts just in case, because most of them are not obvious at all. So first, some do's for building strong sibling relationships. So this is to answer both Mia's and Emily's questions. Model positive sibling relationships. Now, you don't have to love or even like your own siblings, but talk positively about them or at a minimum, be neutral about your siblings around your kids. If you have negative feelings or thoughts, share those privately with your partner or your friends. Your children will learn what's acceptable by how they hear you speak about and to your siblings. Now, Emily, this is exactly what you were talking about. Giving opportunities for shared experiences. This can be anything. Park trips, zoos, hiking, shopping, learning new skills like sports, flying a kite, or family bike rides, cooking meals, or baking treats together. These are things that give them memories to share as they age and that build that bond. Other opportunities you can create for getting along include things like playing games. You could even do a family game night after the younger one goes to bed. Also, sharing toys such as Legos or building with blocks together. Imaginative play with any animals or other toy figures. For Emily, these are things that the older sister can do with her brother that the younger one can't, and that can really help build this bond. For parents with younger siblings who are also listening to this episode, and by younger siblings, I mean ages three and a half to four and under, you want to encourage turn-taking rather than sharing. Because before the age of three and a half, and for a lot of kids even four, that concept of sharing is not quite on board yet. Also, you can create opportunities for sharing space, like sleepovers in each other's rooms, camping in the living room, the backyard, actual camping trips, and hotel stays are all great opportunities for kids to learn to share space and also build great memories and bonds. Now for some don'ts, I talked about this a little bit when I answered Amanda's question earlier. 
Do not compare. Steer clear of any comparisons, such as, your brother went right up to bed when I asked. I never have to remind your sister to clean up her room. With Amanda, it was about praising the one behaving at the table. But rather than helping the child not behaving, make better choices, it actually backfires. It's not productive. It only makes the kid not getting the attention feel bad and makes the cooperative kid feel awkward too. So ultimately, it tends to drive a wedge between the siblings. Also, don't make an older child responsible for younger siblings. If you're an older child who was frequently put in this position, you get it. This builds resentment on the part of the older towards the younger, particularly when it's just expected. You can always ask, but don't expect it. Instead, you can make them responsible to each other, to take care of each other, to look out for each other. If you're going to take a shower, you can say, can you look out for each other? If anyone needs me, you can come and get me. Also, do not use labels. The smart one, the pretty one, the athletic one, the ballerina, the engineer. Make room for every child to be smart, athletic, pretty, a dancer, a musician. A perfect example of parents who obviously did an amazing job with this piece is Venus and Serena Williams. What if they only made room for one tennis player in their family because they were afraid to have the girls compete with one another? For lots more do's and don'ts, as well as how to cut down on any feelings of sibling rivalry when welcoming a new baby, you can see the class Siblings Without Rivalry on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the Modern Parenting tab at the top. For listening to this episode, there's a promo code SIBS, S-I-B-S, SIBS, all capitals, for 20% off the sibling class or either of our membership options, monthly or three months. You can enter it at the bottom of the checkout page and click apply. In next week's episode, I'll go back to covering some helpful information on honesty and respect. If you have a parenting question, please be sure to send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Also, if there's something you'd like to hear or something you think I can do better, you can also send it to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. And if you love what you're hearing, I would really appreciate a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.